0: Well, there's a very exciting conversation on deck here in today's episode, and I'm joined by the latest signing of the Tabergan Jolly Jumpers, Adriana Prue. who, for those of you who are not familiar with her lengthy career, played for the Brandon Bobcats, originally from Thompson, so representing everyone north of 60 in basketball very, very well. Adriana, there's there's no sort of shortage of uh, things to talk about when it comes to basketball and traveling, so I'm really eager to get to, to chat with you today.
1: Yes, thanks for having me. I'm super excited.
0: So you're leaving for the Netherlands in about two weeks. How do you feel?
1: I'm excited. It's it's exciting and it's nerve-wracking because, you know, taking a leap of, you know, moving moving across like across the seas and you know, over to the other side of the world where it's gonna be, you know different culture different lifestyles so I mean it's it's a big jump and the closer it gets you know that's a mixture of emotions I can't, couldn't be any more excited and um, happy to start this new journey and this new chapter of my life but you know it also comes with a lot of nerves and a lot of stress getting ready to go over and making sure that you know I'm 100% ready to uh, take that leap and you know I am and I'm, I cannot wait I'm super super excited.
0: So have you prog- uh, what, what would you rate your level of uh, Dutch-speaking abilities at right now? How far have you progressed in Duolingo?
1: <laughs> I am going to say um, not very much. I have uh, tried a little bit. I couldn't tell you that I remember almost a single thing. So I'm hoping that once I get over there, I will be around it so much that, you know, it'll just start to come naturally. I can learn from other people and my teammates and my coaches. So it's uh, definitely something that I will make myself learn you know going over to another country it's important i think like if i'm going to be there for a long time to learn the a bit of the language that's spoken there so but i'm hoping when i get there it'll become a little more easy
0: well i think the saving grace is probably the fact that a lot of people speak english in the netherlands and also ironically enough the fact that english and dutch are both germanic languages but i still almost can't wrap my head around that one because you'd think that it would be easier to learn if it was from the same language family, but apparently not. I don't know.
1: Yeah. It's I'm, I'm happy that most people speak English because it's almost like I'm not going to a hundred percent, almost foreign country where, you know, a lot of people don't speak English. So it'll be nice to kind of be able to work my way into learning to speak Dutch and still have almost everybody being able to speak English, which is, which will be nice (laughs) for me.
0: Going to Europe. There's a lot of girls And guys as well who have played university in Canada, who have gone on to play in Northern, Central Europe, and sometimes more obscure places. Was the Netherlands specifically on your radar, or was it just the best opportunity that came up? How do you even go about looking for opportunities to play in Europe when you come from Canadian University?
1: Yeah, it wasn't actually a place that I was wanting to play. I wanted to play in Europe overseas, like really anywhere. Again, I'm, I'm somebody that has loved to travel and see the world my whole life. And, you know, anywhere is good for me. <laughs> I didn't, I'm not very picky. So it was interesting. Like I last year, uh, did have an opportunity come to be to go over to England, but it just ended up not being the opportunity for me. And I kind of found that opportunity on my own, which is a lot harder if you seek out you know, playing basketball overseas by yourself and trying to do it kind of without an agent. So I actually had an agent reach out to me um, this past year at the beginning of this year. And uh, he helped me find this team, you know, it came up that there was a team in the Netherlands that he knew that had an open spot that was looking for a player like me from Canada. And I mean, Netherlands seems like a great place. So I was like, why not jump at the opportunity while it's here? I mean, again, anywhere in europe i would have loved to go and play it's an amazing you know place to be and I'm, again i'm not really picky but it's i couldn't have done it without having i feel like the help of um an agent by my side because finding a place like that uh, coming from canada by yourself can be quite a difficult journey as i've learned kind of by trying to seek that out myself last year so unfortunately it didn't work out last year but i mean it gave me this opportunity this year so i couldn't be more happy of where I am and where I am, where I am going to end up, which is the Netherlands.
0: Were there any people that you had reached out to who had gone and played overseas or done anything similar to maybe receive some advice or mentorship, anything like that?
1: Yeah, there's a couple people that I've talked to. I mean, a couple people actually from Winnipeg that I've gone over and played in England and Germany that I reached out to that I've had conversations with. And there was actually a girl that I used to play against in university um, at the youth sport level that actually played for the exact team that I'm going over to play for from Canada so it was really nice for me to be able to have a conversation with her because she kind of gave me you know the experience that she had over there with the exact team that I'm going to play for you know with the Netherlands unfortunately she's not going back Um, that had nothing to do with the experience that she had over there just you know personal things coming back over. So unfortunately I don't get to be over there with another Canadian this year on that team, but it was really good to have that insight to have uh, from somebody else that can tell me all about, you know, how it goes over there and a little bit more info and, you know, getting to hear people's stories that have played that have come from Canada and especially come from Manitoba, mostly from Winnipeg, of course, you know, bigger city, more people get opportunities like that. Um, so to just hear those people and give me advice and say, Hey, if you ever need a h- help with anything or have any questions, like I have people that I can reach out to, which is so great because the basketball community is, they're so welcoming and everybody's just so kind to each other. And, you know, to have people that can, I can reach out to and feel comfortable reaching out to just makes, makes the whole experience a lot more comfortable for me knowing that I have those people back in Canada.
0: Well, the basketball, you talk about the basketball community in Winnipeg and Manitoba in general and, and To get a real idea of how small it is, all you need to do is just go to a Winnipeg Seabares game and you will literally run into every single person you've ever played, (laughs) coached with or against in your entire life at some point or another. That is the the true mecca of how tight-knit this community is.
1: It is. It really is. And I mean, it's crazy because I don't even, like, I don't come from Winnipeg and I'm obviously from a smaller Northern community. And even just coming down to Winnipeg, it's like, you know, you see people, you know, you know, people that know people like I've seen ran into people that, you know, from Winnipeg that I played basketball with in grade six that I haven't seen in 10 years. And it's so nice to just have this big community and, you know, run into people when you're out or, you know, out with your friends or out at dinner or out at a Sea Bears game or you're going to train at the gym or coach and you just always see these familiar faces. It's just it's really refreshing because you think that, you know, it, it's a big city or anything like that. But it's really like the basketball community is so so close-knit in Winnipeg and I feel like across the province it's getting even closer so it's amazing to see
0: was the journey that you're about to embark on embark on something that you could have seen or envisioned from back in the days when you were playing basketball way up in Thompson whether it be whenever you first started or high school or any level
1: I don't think that I could have envisioned it when I first started playing basketball I mean not even in high school, I think it was an opportunity that I kind of realized was even possible once I kind of got to university. I didn't think that that was something that was, and especially coming from a small town, like I come again from a small Northern community where, you know, lots of people don't have the opportunities that I'm so grateful to have gotten to be, and especially in a sport like basketball, where it's not as big as other sports. Sometimes like I come from a very big hockey community, Um, base town and you know to be able to see myself from where I started as this little sixth grader like just picking up a basketball for fun and now you know first making it to university was my main goal once I was in high school I was like I want to play university at at the time the CIS level it was but U sport level now and you know I got that opportunity and I was thrilled and I was like oh my god here goes this little small town girl from way up north that not a lot of people you know know of this community and got the opportunity and then I was like oh my god like you can play overseas like I didn't even know that that existed to play overseas in Europe and continue and as soon as I found out that out and that people did that I was like this is going to be a goal I don't think I'm going to be ready basketball has been such a huge part of my life since I picked up a basketball that I wasn't going to be ready to put it down I think after you know my five years of eligibility and university I just it's such a big passion and something that I've grown to just love so much and work hard for and train for that. You know, I think when I graduated when I was 23, I was like, 23 is too young to, you know, just stop playing and stop making it a part of my life. So, and again, I'm super, super thankful for the opportunity that I've been able to get to go overseas. Cause again, not a lot of people get the opportunity or, you know, take it to go overseas and do that. And that's something that I'm super happy. And especially again, coming from a small town, like that's super incredible for me to look back and just see that happen for me and just see that the community that I came from and being able to make this big leap is awesome.
0: It's interesting to look at the dynamic of the mindset that people carry, depending on what town they come from. A lot of people will label Winnipeg as a small town, ironically enough, depending on how many places you've been to in Canada, But you legitimately coming from a small town, it's. I think it's not an easy thing to really grasp expanding your horizons. And I find oftentimes, at least in my experience, I've seen people get trapped by being a product of their environment. And so where was it, or maybe who was it for you that kind of put this little chip in your brain to allow you to have an expanded horizon and not necessarily feel restricted to just doing the classic park, the bus, societal norm, uh staircase to your grave for, for lack of a better way to put it.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's again, it's crazy because I mean I've had so many coaches over the years, like back home that I know when I started in grade six and to eight like in that elementary middle school days like I had such amazing amazing coaches that pushed me and said you can play in university like you'll be able to go to university and play basketball and you know do that so that was like my first push was like my very first coaches and again like I didn't want to be that person that you know I could see so much hard work and potential in myself and you know my parents saw potential my coaches saw potential but just stay stagnant and stay with what's comfortable which would have been to stay in Thompson I mean Thompson is eight hours away from Winnipeg and it it is far. And, you know, I, there's nothing wrong with staying in the place that you grew up, but I just, I didn't want to be stagnant and just stay and not branch out. And again, like I come from a family that's very go out and do what you want. Like they want, like my parents and, you know, my sister and everybody would always say like my grandparents, my family, like go out and get what you want. You have one life to kind of live this. Like don't get stuck just because you want to be comfortable like pushing yourself out of that boundary and becoming uncomfortable. Like if you want to do something, uh, go and do it. Like there shouldn't be that societal norm of saying you have to do this. You have to, you know, go to school. You have to get this nine to five job. You have to do this and that in this order at your age. Like, and that's just like, I'm graduated university. Now I have a degree. I'm sure that, you know, I could say, Hey, like I should stay here now and get a full-time job because that's what I should do now that I have a degree and I should settle down somewhere. And you know that, but to me, I'm just, and even my parents that I had told my parents, I have an opportunity to go overseas and play basketball. And my parents were, you have to do it. Like, you're going to regret it if you don't do it now because you have the time, okay? Like this is the time in your life to go explore and do what you want. And it it wouldn't matter if I was 30 or if I'm the age that I am now, 24. Like if you want to do something and put your mind to it, like that's just what you have to do. And I, I would never want to just settle down and just be comfortable. Like once you take that step outside of your comfort zone you can realize how much you can do that you want to do and just expand your horizons and like living overseas is something that I have wanted to do for a long time not necessarily always my whole life I thought I'd be going to play basketball but I always have wanted to live abroad and go do something overseas whether it would be working or now I'm so thankful I get the opportunity to play basketball but and that wasn't something that anybody was ever going to tell me that I couldn't do. Like that in myself, I knew that I was going to be able to do that. And I had amazing high school coaches that told me, if you want to do this, you need to go do it. Like you're going to regret it if you do not branch out. And again, I come from a small town where lots of people don't get the opportunity to even travel to big cities or travel across the world. And, you know, that might be uncomfortable. And I've just become so comfortable with being uncomfortable that this is why that I can take, I feel so great about taking these opportunities because being outside of my comfort zone is the best feeling in the world. Like I would never want to look back and just like regret that I didn't do something where that inside my heart, I've always been telling myself, this is what you want to do. Like, don't be scared and don't hold back. You just have to go for it sometimes and be spontaneous. And if you have something you want to do, you just have to go for it. So.
0: Yeah. The, it, it's, it's almost like a state of being Neo in the Matrix towards the end of the movie, when Agent Smith is throwing all, the, all these punches at him. And he's just like, dude, 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 knows all the moves, knows how to block them all. I think that to me is like the perfect analogy of what it really means to be comfortable being uncomfortable. Because people will say that all the time. They'll throw that term out. But it's like, well, let, let's break it down for a second. What does it really mean to be comfortable being uncomfortable? Are you okay with a language barrier? Are you okay with not having the precise brand of oat milk that you're looking to put in your coffee? Are you okay with having to shoestring it in a place where they don't have a lot of things and the comforts that you have a back home? Are you okay with there being no Amazon Prime? Are you okay with Apple TV not being a thing that you can get? Like, I know obviously I'm painting a picture of a very specific type of person that lives in North America, but it it, it needs to be said because for, for people who for any person listening to this, who's actually traveled to a country outside of Canada and you and the U S and Europe, like you see that so many people have way less and oftentimes are way happier and don't have Roku TV and every Apple product in the book. Like, how is that possible? Sometimes it just makes, it makes you wonder, right?
1: It, It really does. Like, and, and like you said, like Going to a place now where you don't like, you go anywhere, and the lifestyle is totally different. Like, everything, even just going to a place in Europe like the Netherlands, like, it's going to be culturally different. Like you said, they're going to have different foods. Like, you might not have this, you might not have that. And that's the reality of it. Like, we get so enclosed in this bubble of where we live and what our lifestyle is like that it's like, if you don't branch out and see, like, especially outside of Europe and North America, like, I went to Africa for the first time last summer to Morocco, and I, that was an, a huge eye-opener for me to see these people that have so much less in certain areas that are just, again, so much almost happier than a lot of people are over here because they just cherish what they have and that's their lifestyle. And understanding that like when you go to other places, again, the adaptation that you make and the the eye-opening culturally and the lifestyle that people live is just so different and I just expanding that out is so important i feel like for so many people to try and do at one some point in their life is to see the way that other people live around the world and not be so in our little shell and bubble of oh north america is this like we are north america and like this is how everybody should live because everything else is so beautiful and different in so many different areas of the world and it's it's crazy once you actually expand you know your knowledge on all those kind of things that happen around the world that aren't just us and it's not just us that exists in the world there's just there's so much more to it than just us here
0: yeah the there's there's a lot of stories that come to mind but the first one that actually i i think of immediately is when um when i was in fiji and and i we stayed at an airbnb and there was these kids that were in the house next door and the whole experience was, was fantastic being there. It was like being in a, it was like being in Jurassic park, like just a, a an, another planet almost. And as someone who is very, very, I have a very niche obsession with like geography and, and ever since I was a kid, I don't know why. Yeah. And I met these kids who were playing, there were the neighbors playing soccer next door. And I was asking them, we, we just came home from like a river tube and we're doing these things. It's, all good. And I asked them like, Hey, like, Oh, where are you guys from? Cause they were asking me where I was from. And I said, oh, I'm from Canada. And they said, Oh, we're from Nauru. And I was like, you're from, can you say that again to me? Because I, I don't believe that the words that just came out of your mouth. Yeah. And, and the kids were looking at me so dumbfounded. Like, why is it such a big deal that we're from Nauru? And I was like, dude, you are literally like to put this in an analogy for someone from Manitoba, their entire country has the same amount of people as Thompson. Like, And is probably as small or smaller than Thompson. So when when you have an opportunity like that to meet people who are from a place that is so unlike where you're from, it teaches you a lot about how human beings are similar and also how human beings can be different based on the lottery of life, where you're born. You can't control that. If you spawned in North Korea, like I'm sorry, right? Or if you were born in Alaska or Uzbekistan or Canada, like those are so many things that are out of your control. And I think that's why travel is so important because like in that experience, these kids were so mind blown to see pictures of snow or Huskies or basketball or NBA. Like they love basketball just like you and me, but they've never seen snow or they've never seen this. And those experiences are also just as meaningful and impactful for them. And that's why I think it's, you're right. It is so important to just get out and see how other people live because it's not our way or the highway.
1: No, and it's just, yeah, and I know that people really like to just think that, like, it's our way or the highway, and, you know, we are super, like, I'm so thankful that, you know, I live in a place like Canada, but sometimes it's just, like, we have so much, and everything's just always, like, pictured as bigger and better in North America, and you go to other places where people live such... More simplistic lifestyles almost than we do, where it's like we need, 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 and like our consumerism and everything is so high with living here that it's, you go to other countries and it's like consumerism and all needing the best things and the newest things and all of this that like people live off of and thrive off of and like makes them feel good about themselves. Like those things don't exist in other countries. And you should see how happy people are where they're from. Like it really puts your mind in a perspective like you, can be happy without all these things that people feel like they need, like live a life where it's more free and just like, you can go out and enjoy things and enjoy the small things. And you don't need all this need, need, need. And to be happy, you know, like it's just, it's crazy how much North America has become that. And so, like you said, like seeing kids go and play in another country and they're just, they come from a country that's like the same size as like a small little town in a, in all of Canada, like that's crazy, and they're just the happiest kids they're just happy to have family and friends and being outside and enjoying their lifestyle so much that it's just it really i educates you and just like puts your mindset in a whole different perspective that's just so much more welcoming of everybody and like everything that happens in the world and more understanding and it's It's crazy because i you said that you loved geography since you were a kid, and I got the opportunity to teach geography this year and in school, and it was a great experience because I got the chance to almost more look at other countries and, you know, research a little bit more on other countries and still continue to educate myself, even though I have traveled a lot. There's so much more that I haven't seen yet or I don't know about. And to me, it's really important that I understand all that kind of, you know, stuff that happens in the world and how other people live in other countries so that, you know, my mindset isn't so closed and have a more open mindset to things that happen.
0: Yeah, that's when you talk about educating people in other countries, a hilarious instance that happened in the last two weeks, Uh I had, I was out in Calgary and I was with one of my friends and he said, Oh, like, let's go to eat. And I said, Oh man, there's this is restaurant called taste of Yemen. We should go there. I've always wanted to try like a, an authentic Arabic restaurant that is of a specific country, in the middle East. He's like, dude, he's like, what food do they eat in Yemen? And I was like, Pretty similar, like, it, it, in general terms, pretty similar to what most other people eat in the Middle East, dude. But why not try it? I've ne- There's no Yemeni restaurants that exist anywhere else, maybe outside of, like, Toronto or Montreal or maybe Vancouver. Mm, this yeah. is unique. Let's do it. And he was like, oh, I just know, like, the war in Yemen, and it's, you know, this crazy, and it's war-torn, and geopolitical turmoil, whatever. So we go there, and he was like, it was so funny. I was like, look at the menu, like, his eyes were kind of lighting up, and I was like, yeah, this, this, this seems pretty okay. We had the food and he was like, we asked for like a serving of bread and the bread was like literally like the entire, like twice the size of a dinner plate. And after we were done eating, he was like, dude, that was like, so, so delicious. One of the best meals I've ever had. And I was like, and he was like, dude, like, why did I not know this before? How, how is it possible that, that this is a real thing that I didn't know? And it's like, Look what happens when you expand your horizons. And that's, it, yes, we didn't, we didn't get a visa. We didn't go to Santa. We didn't have to, to walk through uh, no man's land or a, a war zone. But just that small little authentic taste of a place that you can have misconceptions about is, is so huge. And I think in Canada, like you said, we're very fortunate to have the opportunity to meet people from different places. So you can almost get those tastes without having to travel to somewhere that's very far or having the money or the visa or whatever.
1: Yeah. And that's important too. Like we're literally such a diverse country now and it's amazing to see like, and yeah, we're getting more, you know, restaurants and grocery stores and all of this kind of places like from other countries, right? Like you go to a um, Asian grocery store. Now we have like Greek restaurant, like we have so many places in Canada now and it's, Absolutely incredible to see like all this diversity coming, and like you said, you don 't have to even leave the country like because that 's not a reality for a lot of people is you know being able to go and travel across the world and have all these experiences. But we have so much more now coming into Canada and North America alone that it 's right around the corner if you want to go and educate yourself or expand your horizons or try something new, and really something as small as going for a meal at a restaurant like that like can give you almost a better idea of okay, it's not just what we have here. Like, this is crazy. Like I've never had this before and just experience something totally new in your life that can just like open your eyes, like you said. And it's awesome.
0: Yeah. The, the, the desire for travel, I think is, is common amongst a lot of people, but I think, and I was talking about this with Darcy on our first episode, this, this idea of, I want to touch again on the idea of consumerism and and how I'm not a tattoo person, but if I was to get something tatted on my chest or my forehead, it would be travel over experiences, 100%. Yes. And yes. because of, you hit the nail on the head so well, people want stuff. Like they want uh-huh. so much stuff. They just, they want to, I I, I, I feel Darcy's spirit within me when I, when I say this, because we <laughs> resonate on this level and, and even with yourself so much. I get anxious when I own too much stuff, when I, when I help people move, like, and I see how many things you have, I'm like, sell it. You don't need it. Like you'll make the money back. It's not a big deal. Like, yes, maybe there's certain little things that you love or they're sentimental. I get it. And it's not horrible owning stuff, but like it's the, the, the quote from fight club. I will repeat till the day I'm dead. The things you own end up owning you. And I'm sure that, as you've started to sell things and get ready for the Netherlands, I'm sure you've felt the spiritual cleansing that happens whenever you know that you're getting rid of things in order to trade that for a travel experience.
1: Oh, hundred percent. I've been going through my apartment the past like two weeks and I'm like, sell this, sell that. Why do I have that? Why do I need that? Like I can get rid of that. And mostly because of the fact, like I want to get rid of all my majority of my stuff and i have a very handful of things that i'm sending back home to store away until i get back because my ideal perspective right now is to travel and live overseas for the next five years and live as in as many countries as i can and you know whether that's playing basketball again like teaching whatever it is like so getting rid of all that stuff has really opened my eyes i'm like why again why did I need this in the first place? Like when I get back, do I, am I really going to need something like this? Like, and like you, like I get, if I see that I have so much stuff, it almost like it does make you anxious and just, you know, overwhelming almost. And again, like I said, like so many people in other countries live such more of a minimalistic lifestyle and it's objects cannot give you happiness. And, you know, is it, is the one little thing that you have in your house going to give you happiness? Or like, like you said, experiences, like those are the things you're going to remember. You're not going to get buried six feet in the ground with all your possessions. And what is that going to do for you? Like you the in my mind, like the experiences that you gain and seeing the world and meeting new people and experiencing cultures and that side, that's the important stuff. Like that is what is really going to be with you when you're gone. Like experiences over you know, money, objects, anything like that. Like that is the main thing in my mind that I think is super important for everybody to understand.
0: You find that it's harder for girls to live a minimalist lifestyle more than it is guys in your experience.
1: I feel like it can be, yes. I I feel like, you know, almost like girls sometimes just, just want a lot, right? Like it's just need to have the, and keep up with like, you know, society's output on you know how women and girls should really be put out there right like oh you need to own this to you know look your best and you need to do this and that and it's like and a lot of the times you see guys living so much more they're just happier and they have a more minimalistic lifestyle than a lot of girls do and it can be hard because you want to like a lot of people want to keep up with that societal norm and standard that is set for everybody in the world and again, like, I would love for everybody to just say, hey, like, you don't need all this stuff to be happy. And you don't need all this stuff to, you know, who cares about what society thinks about you and how you're living and your lifestyle. And, you know, I take it like my sister, she would love to live in a tiny home and live, you know, that minimalistic lifestyle. And that is something that I'm like, that's so great. Like, what do you need this, you know, million dollar home for when you're just going to stay there and, you know, live in that house for however long, like go out and use that to, you know, travel and go see and experience again. Like I strive on the experience thing to like so many people. I'm like, get out. Because if you haven't gotten out and you haven't had those experiences, like you're never going to know what it's like rather than in our little bubble over here. Like you're never going to understand what else is happening in the world. If it's just your little bubble.
0: Have you ever, uh, have You ever watched The Office?
1: I have not. I have not okay. watched The Office.
0: <laughs> okay, I, I haven't either. But there's a specific meme that I'm thinking of that oh. that uh, that that ties together what you're saying. Is where where one of the the yeah. new guys, he's like, you know, he's like beating his chest, looking at Stanley, like, and Stanley just looks and like rolling his eyes. And I feel yeah. like that's the that's the the the, the person that goes on vacation to Mexico and like leaves the resorts, like, look at me, like a ex- super experienced travel. And then like the rolling eyes yeah. is like, you've been to like, you know, some random place in some hole in the wall, Bush kind of thing. Yeah. And, and obviously like, it's not to say that it's, I-, I say that flippantly as a joke, it's not to say that it's a competition. Cause for some people getting out of the comfort zone might be taking five steps off the resort in Mexico. And for other yeah. people, it might be like getting the visa to go to Turkmenistan. Like there's, yeah. there's levels to it, of course. Yeah. But, <laughs> um all that to say is like we oftentimes I feel when it comes to travel like people can take what we have for granted or when they go to the traveler okay tell me if you've ever heard this person before someone who's from Manitoba goes to Mexico stays in a resort about fifteen hundred dollars seven to ten days eat like a pig drink like a fish say gracias to the mexican waiter and and feel like unlimited power and then fly back home and hate your job like that to me is just yes i understand that everyone needs a vacation once in a while i'm not saying there's anything wrong with luxury experiences but i find too often that people associate travel with luxury like if i'm going to travel like it has to be the most luxurious experience it has to be like i'm a yeah. celebrity and i'm taking qatar airways business class kind of thing
1: yeah. Oh yeah. And it, it it definitely doesn't have to be like that. Like I want to get the opportunity, like as, as happy as I am, like I'm going to play basketball somewhere. Like another huge thing for me is I'm going to be in Europe and I'm going to be close to all of the amazing countries that I haven't gotten to see yet. And, you know, I don't have to fly all the way overseas to get somewhere. I would love, I would go backpacking, stay in a hostel in all of these countries. Like it does not have to. And I, I understand a lot of people like the whole luxury thing, but does not have to be like that travel does not have to be a five-star hotel a thousand dollars a night experience and you need to save all this money to go on a vacation like I am going to be more than happy to get the true authentic style lifestyle of a country that I am going to by living and traveling the way that people do there and being able to see the way that they live and not just going to the you know five-star resort for a weekend and not getting to actually see the beautiful country and the people that I traveled there to see and experience. Like that is the, I think the best part about going to travel somewhere and not doing necessarily needing to do it the luxury way, but you know, I would love, I'm super excited that I'll get the opportunity. I just would love to go backpacking and hop on a plane, get there, go to a hostel lit, like see it from, see the country almost to from the people that live there, because I think that that is probably the most authentic way that you can see a country in the lifestyle is if you get to know local people and you get to see it from their perspective. And I've had friends that have, you know, traveled overseas and they even get invited to go to a family's place that is from there and live there. And they get the authentic dinner meal with the family and, you know, get to see how they actually live like that is true authentic travel to me like really being able to see the way that people live in certain countries and not just going to you know necessarily all the top touristy attractions and you know just always going to where all the people are and like you're gonna go to an attraction where everybody from North America is there and that's all you're seeing and you're just around but like go and you know get to know people and go to the small little places like I would love to go to you know the small little villages or towns in countries that people travel to and not go to the most popular places, but get that authentic travel, you know, experience. And that, that to me is the most important thing and what I really want to, because that really opens you up and, you know, I, again, it's really nice to see all the other stuff as much as, you know, everybody wants to see all that, you know, thing that's just plastered on the world and you need to go here. You need to see this. You need to see that. But the authentic, true experience of getting that side of it is, is super, super amazing.
0: So you're you're telling me that you don't want to go to Santorini to wait in line with a hundred thousand people to take a picture of a sunset to post on Instagram and then go back to the holiday inn in Athens. Are you sure?
1: Exactly. That's the thing. And I've had friends that have gone there. Like I, I know somebody that is overseas and he told me and he's like, Don't go to these places, go to these places, because that is where you're going to get the true experience and actually see the country itself and not just be in a pack of tourists and be jammed side by side. Because I I mean, people travel and they want to get the, like you said, perfect, like, Oh, Instagram, I need to go here so that I can show it off on social media and you know, all that stuff. And that's great. You get to share your experiences on social media. I'm all for that. Like I love looking to see where people travel, but if that's just the sole purpose, like, what really is the purpose then? Like, to me, the purpose of travel and seeing the world is to expand yourself and your mindset and really get to know what else and how countries live and how people's lifestyles are. And you're not going to get that from going and just seeing all the big things and traveling for, you know, the pictures and all of this, like, travel authentically, like, I can't express that enough. Like, Again, meeting the people, seeing the towns, seeing the villages, going to those little places that most people don't usually go to.
0: When we were in Fiji, they they talk about how, and still to this day in the country, like h- half the people live in villages and live off the land, like they did for the last several thousand years, as Polynesians came came to do, and we we went on a village tour like the crafted one and it's like okay fine and then we went on the legit village tour like you take the boat and that's the only way you can get there and these kids they're they had to take a boat to another village to go to school and then when they came back for the weekend to spend time with their parents watching lilo and stitch on dvd on a friday night was like that was a scene that was like uh my life my life's a movie being able to do that and i remember the experience of walking around and people that kind of like are looking at you because obviously they know you're not from there but I remember being that being that person that veered off the path and went in and and saw somebody like you know they were making some handcrafts or like carving a coconut with a structure they made and they're like hey want to come into the house I'm like I bet sure and so we went my friend and I went to the house and we were sitting there chilling and the tour had already walked like away for who knows how many how many minutes And we were sitting there feeling like this immersive experience inside a home built by people that live off the land, don't have access to the internet, don't have access to vehicles, don't have access to all these things or grocery stores, whatever. And it was so, it was so infectious because it made you realize, wow, you actually can live with way less than you think. And like you said, like if you're just, if you're traveling just for the sake of an Instagram highlight reel or TikTok or social media, it's like, then what are you really getting out of the experience? Like even in a place if you're going to go to Calgary, if you go to like Banff, you see you go on the small hikes and other places, nobody you go to Lake Louise. What do you see? A crowded shoreline of people 24 seven.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's, I, I travel to Hawaii a lot. My, I have family that lives in Hawaii. So I go there quite often and I do lots of hiking there and there's the you know there's again Hawaii is a very touristy place like a lot of people go there and my favorite thing to do is branch out and find you know hikes in the mountains that are not touristy people go local places like more places like that and something as small as that as being able to go and see one other person on a hike like instead of being crowded shoulder to shoulder going up this most you know, dynamic, popular, oh, Instagram-worthy, like, place to be is I would much rather be on those small little places where, you know, nobody else is and I can just do what I want and really experience, you know, the nature and the, the all that kind of stuff. Like, that, to me, is going to be so much better than where you say you go, to, you go to Banff, especially in the summertime, like Lake Louise, you can can barely move like there's just there's so many people like it's it's ridiculous because people just want to see you know the top of the top and again there's nothing wrong with that of course they're beautiful places but there's so many more beautiful places and things that you can see that nobody talks about because they're not you know out there branded as this big place to be like I have had so many people say and my parents especially they travel so much and they've gone to so many places and they have done those small little local go with the locals and you know show them that kind of thing rather than being with a hundred people in this big group going to see all the big you know i don't even know what you call it like the, i don't i don't even know how to explain it but you know what i mean like just taking the small little things and doing that instead is just that's so it's so much better it opens your eyes so much more
0: as someone who's who has family from hawaii you you, you have to tell me that you've seen forgetting Star marshall please tell me you've seen this movie okay well that's okay i i will it, it, it's definitely worth worth your time watching if you're from if you have family from Hawaii, and if you've been there a lot but there's there's a there's a specific line in the movie that it just it bangs so hard every time i hear it when the main character is jason siegel like towards the end of the movie is, he um he has this outburst and he like walks out of the this hotel room and he's and he looks at a, a, a group of people getting married on the beach and he says, wedding in Hawaii, real original. And every time I hear it, I laugh so hard because it's like, they're, oh my God. There's just like, even a family, I clip where, where they, they, they arrive in Hawaii. And then Peter, it's like, um, he's like, okay, before you do anything, like, uh, put on the load, like before you do anything else, I need to tell you, I'm definitely allergic to pork, macadamia nuts, rum, uh, <laughs> uh expense, uh, uh, overpriced golf, sentimental, sentimental military values, uh, second weddings. And just going through, like, uh, just going through the list of all the stereotypes of things people do in Hawaii, it just makes me laugh so hard because it's, like, I I would love to go to Hawaii, but it's so true. Like, there's Costco in Honolulu. Like, you're probably going to run into more people from your home than you are actual Polynesians. Like, it's crazy.
1: It it is crazy. and And, you know, like, going to these places, like, everybody wants to go there to say that they've been there. Like, oh, I went there. Like, and nobody's going to care if you say... Oh, well, I went to this little village in here. It's like, okay, like, oh, but did you go here? Like, did you go to the big expensive place that everybody talks about? Because we're just so worried about like brand like putting ourselves out there so that everybody, you know, sees us and like caring so much about, it, especially with social media nowadays, like how many likes do I get on this post? Like how many people have seen this? Like how many people are gonna message me about this, like this and that, and caring so much about what like the like how other people see us rather than well, did you feel satisfied with what you just did and what you saw? Like, how did that make you feel? Like, did you feel like, you know, that major, you know, inside you, your heart or your mind, like, think differently rather than all I'm concerned about is what everybody else is going to say or what everybody else is going to think about where I went and what I did and what I own and this and that. Whereas you should be the most important person. And all that matters is what is inside of you and not what's outside and all these you know, again, with social media, like that's just, it's such a big thing nowadays. And and again, it brings us really great things and it gets us in contact with people. But, you know, some people just that is all they care about is how can I make these people think that I'm living the best lifestyle in the entire world by going to these places or doing these things and showing off what I have? Like, are you really internally happy with what you are doing yourself? Or are you just trying to please everybody else around you?
0: Yes, 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 uh, yes. Times a million. Like, oh my God, the that is such a that's such a that's such a big thing. Is are you really satisfied? Are you really feeling fulfilled with the experience you had? Are you just going? You know, do you really enjoy the the Italian culture and and the great things that France has to offer, and the United Kingdom, or is it well? I've always wanted to see Paris because I love seeing pictures of it on Insta or, Oh, I want to go to Amalfi coast because, you know, I've seen this on, on Instagram and whatever. And it's like, man, there's, there's um, I think the ironic thing sometimes, and and I don't know if you feel this too, but like, sometimes I find that like the places that people want to go to the most can be some of the most underwhelming experiences because you get there and you're like, Oh, that's it. Or you you feel like, and sometimes I've left places where I'm like, I feel like I was more focused on getting all the pictures than I was actually soaking in the experience. And that's why when people say like, well, where do you want to travel to next? And when I say I want to go to like Cabo Verde, or I want to go to, I would love to do a volunteer thing in a Portuguese colony, colony in Africa to understand and connect the history of not only places where my grandparents' generation and my grandparents were involved in revolutionary wars and those kinds of things, but to actually get to experience a place that is underrated or not a lot of people go to, or not a lot of people know about. And I think that's why. Um, And I know that we we had, you know, chatted before and you talked about going to Tuvalu and I, I say to my, my, I literally had a dream of going there last week and I woke up and saw that you could actually take flights there. And I was like, right. that's it. I'm doing it. But when people hear that, it's like, well, why do you want to like, one of my fr- best friends actually asked me this during COVID. I saw a documentary of a guy who had traveled to Tuvalu before COVID had a drone. His family went to a small, one of the smallest islands, Nuka Lila, where only 300 people live. His parents were a part of the peace corps and it's this beautiful story. It's, it's so therapeutic to watch. I'd highly recommend it. And I was telling my friend about this. I'm like, man, I, I really want to go. And he's like, bro, you're basically going to grand beach with hotter weather. And I was like, and that's exactly the point
1: oh like it's just it's that to me is just mind blows because <laughs> like a place like that is on my bucket list because and it has nothing to do with like and and pe- people do say well why do you want to go there like what is there to do there and I'm like because that place probably they, they have their own lifestyle their culture like you get to see the way that people really live in a place like that like Yeah, it's not Paris, it's not whatever, like you know, all these places that people want to go to. And and when people say, like, oh, it's just basically Grand Beach, it's like, okay, well, you don't know anything about this kind of like you know stuff. And being able to branch out and go to the places that again, you can't go on, like, oh, the top 20 tourist destinations, type it in Google, and I'm gonna plan my next trip here, 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 because those are the top tourist destinations, that's where everybody wants to go, so that's where I'm gonna go. I would much rather go. To the places that nobody travels to and nobody gets to experience because that's when you're really going to, like, see the true colors of the world and the true colors of the people and where people come from. Like, how many countries that you could say and people are like, oh, what is that? Or where is that? Or is that a country? Like, and those are the places that, like, just thrill me to, like, want to go and visit more than anything else.
0: Oh, my God. That is, you're you're speaking my language. It's absolutely (laughs) that's that's one of the things that i i love so much when you talk about i want to go to this place and people are like what's that or is that a country or what's the name of that again and it's it's so mind-blowing too when you talk to people from different places who have their own alternate perspective like in the azores when i talked with people who are locals from one of the smallest roughest shittiest quote-unquote fishing villages they they were like yeah like Life's pretty simple. We fish and whatever and this and that. And I was asking, about like sports and whatever. And they're like, I don't know who Tom Brady is. Like Michael Jordan. I think I've heard of that. I don't really know. And if you say that to somebody from Winnipeg, like they'd lose their mind. They'd like, they'd make fun of you. or They'd scream at you like, I do not know this person? But the same can be said when you're in another place and when they can give you the gears over not knowing something that's so basic to them or even... I think you said to me before you had family or people who are from, from India, like go there and ask them about like this element of history or this celebrity or this figure. And I guarantee you the answer they're going to give you from some compared to somebody from Winnipeg or Canada is going to be so different. And that is going to teach you so much and is almost going to be all you really need to know about how, how truly ignorant we are not in like uh it's our fault, shame on you, but like you don't know what you don't know kind of way.
1: Yeah. And we just like, it's just like, people that come and visit here or are here, like you said, and don't know like who this celebrity is or what, you know, NBA all-star, whatever. And people don't know. And it's like, we like, again, like ignorance and just like almost degrade a person. Cause they don't know this stuff. And I'm like, okay, well, go to another country and you know, people that, you know, don't like when other people like speak a different language. And it's just like, well, who are like, that's people's like background culture, go somewhere else. And try to, to to speak English to somebody that in a country that where they don't speak English and now look at yourself and see what you'd say to people over here, just because you're so Westernized and we're so in this little, you know, our culture, all our world is our world. Like that. We don't even understand that, you know, 80, 90, whatever percent of the world doesn't live like this. Like we are such a small portion of the world. And again, just degrading people and almost being ignorant to the fact that like, this is our lifestyle. And if you don't live our lifestyle, like, but, but if you go to somewhere else and you don't know their lifestyle, like it's, it's vice versa thing, but it's was just, I can't stand when it's just, you know, our way or the highway, like, like you said earlier, and it like, we can't live a, a life like that. Like, and again, like you said, you go to other places and if you don't know their culture and their, their stuff, like it's almost like disrespectful because you, if you're going to go to another country, like, you learn about that and you do that. And it's, you can't just expect to go somewhere and, you know, not learn about that and just be so, well, you don't speak English. Like if you go travel somewhere else, like, well, I speak English. Well, that doesn't matter to them. Like that's, that's their culture. That's their background. Like that is their history. And you have to, you know, learn about that and expand your values.
0: (laughs) There's a, there's a hilarious meme that I've seen a bunch of times shared by pages that that are about life in Slavic countries. And, and it shows the guy who was like doing up the tie. And he's like, he's like, yeah, uh, uh, I speak English because it's the only language, you know, you speak English because it's the only language, you know, we're not the same.
1: Yeah, exactly. See, just something like that is just so crazy, right?
0: <laughs> like even, um, oh, I'm sure when you were in Morocco that you were able to wear whatever you wanted and do whatever you wanted and just, just flaunt and do these things, right? I'm sure that- <laughs> That's exactly how it went, right?
1: Yeah. And it's, you have to abide by what goes on in that in that country. Like that's, you go there and you respect their culture and you don't stay so much in your little bubble over here that you think that you can go to another country and disrespect their culture just because of where you come from. And you think that this is all of, all of the world should be like this. Like, no, you go there and- you dress the way that is appropriate to dress over there and you speak the way to people that it's appropriate to speak over there. And you learn things that are going to be appropriate to do over there and respectful. And you don't, you don't go against their cultural values. And just because you think that, Oh, well you come from here, that's normal. And I can go over there now and just do whatever I want. Like, no. And that's like the whole thing that a lot of people just don't understand. Like you, you go over there when I was in Morocco and you know, you cover up because that's what they do there. And and you be respectful and you, you know, we learn, like I learned phrases to like say hi to people and no thank you and yes, so that I can speak that language that's there and not just be so, well, oh if you're not going to speak my language, then I'm, I'm not going to talk to you. Like that's, you're never going to learn anything if you go and travel and you do things like that. Like, and that is a part of it. Learning the culture, the language, the, you know, everything that comes with, being in a different country is like that's what's going to really expand your horizon
0: yeah it's it's uh it's why i i i think a lot of people can get a dopamine high from there's a youtube channel of of this guy who can speak fluent chinese and and he is just from the US and, and he.
1: I think I've seen those before. Yeah,
0: uh, Xiao Man NYC. And then he starts to, to learn other languages. And like, even though the, the premise of every video is the exact same show up, speak language, mind blown, boom. But yeah. it's works so well because it, 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 uh, it really embodies. I, I might butcher this quote. So forgive me in advance, but it's like, when you speak a language that another man knows, it gets to his head but when you speak a language that is the uh when you speak the native language of another person it goes to their heart right like and that's what really shows how similar people really are and also how the differences that we perceive to be this big barrier are really not as are really not as big as we think they are
1: no they're really not like and something as small as doing something like that is just it shows, especially people that come from countries that maybe aren't so well known if you travel to, like, a smaller country and you put in the effort and you actually show that, like, hey, you learned a couple words even of, you know, a native language that is just so dying out that, like, barely anybody knows it. Like, that is going to, again, speak to somebody's heart and that should speak to you, like, like endlessly saying that, like, like that's something that you can come away with and you can learn that and you can... You know, again, not be so just in yourself and just expand and learn from other people and put yourself out there is just, and that's the most important part. Again, it'll speak to your heart and it speaks to other people. And if you can see that light up in somebody's eyes when, again, you speak somebody else's language to them that is their native tongue, like it's, that's, inc- that's such an incredible feeling. And to see other people be so inspired by that is like crazy.
0: Yeah, it's, it is one of the, one of the most, one of the strongest feelings of power is not money. It's not fame. It's being able to speak a language that someone else only, only they know. And you are learning it as a second language. You are like bridging the gap. And that is, it's, it's a great gesture of kindness because it shows like you went out of your way to do something you didn't have to do so you could communicate with this person.
1: Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's, it's so sad nowadays to see like how many native languages are just, dying out now because our world has become so westernized and just so north america just taken over so much that it's you know it it's sad to see like oh well only people that live here like people that live here don't even know our native language and it's like wow like because just of everything that is happening in the world and again becoming so westernized that it's like your language that you know the your people have spoken in this country for how many years like and less than half of the population even knows this language now because like I've had friends tell me like that have family that come from other countries and they're like oh well you know not very many of us like my my grandparents speak this language but I only know how to communicate a little bit and that's like that's it and it's gonna die out within the next generation and it's like holy crap like how are we letting stuff like that happen? Like, because again, we are just becoming so Westernized in the world. Like it's crazy.
0: Yeah. It, whenever I meet people who from Brazil specifically, and when they say, Oh, I I wish I could speak English as well as you can speak Portuguese. I'm like speak English as well as you need to so that you can get by, but never, ever let go of your culture, never let go of your language. I think that's one of the things that was a, a big wound for me growing up as a kid was that my parents had felt ashamed and stopped teaching us Portuguese. And so when I started to learn and teach myself and, and be able to, and when I was able to start actually having conversations, like, could you imagine growing up your whole life and not being able to speak with your grandparents, like, or one of your grandparents, right. And, and when, once it becomes normalized, like it's still something I never take for granted because I understand that there's a lot of people who, who have that language barrier or they don't try or they don't learn. And like you said, like in a few generations, like, that's it. There's obviously there's nothing you can really do to ensure for the rest of your family's history, that every person is bilingual and whatnot. But I think approaching it from the perspective that you want to give them the opportunity is important because when you look at people who have a beautiful culture and language and they're like, Oh, I, you know, I, I want to learn how to speak English. I so think incorporate English words into their language. It's like, man, like the, you have something so special and unique. You you can't, you can't just give that up. And I think that there's a, there's a lesson my grandpa taught me. I think that is, is so universal amongst immigrants that come to Canada. He's like, kids will learn English at school. Always speak your native language at home, no yeah. matter what. And I'm like, yeah. man, I wish that that was the case for me because it is, it's, it's so true. And it's, it, it, I hold that, that sentiment so near and dear to my heart because I understand what it's like for, to be in the position where you you wish you want to speak you're reaching you're grasping but you can't quite grasp it as much as you like in it and yeah. it's um it can be really difficult you know so that that's why yeah. holding on to your culture is 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 so massive
1: it is and it it's upsetting sometimes to see like people not wanting to do that when they come here because we have just built this big stereotype of so many different cultures and people and it's just like people aren't comfortable with Speaking their language here or you know sharing their culture here like that is that's just not good because then you like you said like you're just it's not almost normalized for people to do that and it's it's sad to see how many again like how many people's culture starts to fade away and how many people especially in this generation and kids growing up that don't know a lot about their culture because you know, people don't want to have that stereotype linked to them, or, you know, I'm from this culture background, people are going to think this of me, people are going to think that of me, like, I'm going to get teased for this, I'm gonna get teased for that, like, that is like, just, it's so sad to see that that's what has come for a lot of people. And, you know, language is, well, I'm not going to teach my kid this language, because, you know, they're going to get, you know, this, that, like, made fun of, or, you know, like, all that kind of stuff. And it's, they you should embrace your culture wherever you're from like whether you come here or not like taking that on because that's generations and family to come and that's like the most important thing and again we are a world with so many different cultures and so many backgrounds and you know accepting each other of each other's differences and I know that now it's great to see like especially in a place like Winnipeg coming here coming from a small town where we don't really have big things that happen but you know, pavilions happening once a year for like, and everybody goes out and like celebrates people's culture and you have like uh, dances, traditional dances, like traditional food. And you get to kind of almost, you can go out and expand that. And that's so awesome to see, but there's still that, you know, in the back of people's minds of people that just stereotype and put a label on people and say, you have to act this way and you have to be like this if you're going to, you know, be here. Like, and it's just, it's unfortunate that, it's still like that in the world.
0: Well, i think the the best thing going forth for most people is to to just like you said, the the message is so clear like to be open to to have authentic travel experiences, to travel slower, to not necessarily be concerned with keeping up appearances on social media or what other people are going to think because at the end of the day like you are always going to be more impressed by the things you own and the things you do than most other people, right? So make sure that you're at least enjoying yourself and that you are gaining some sort of like intrinsic benefit and not just, well, I got all these likes on Insta or I got all these views. Like, okay, sweet. Did you like it?
1: Yeah. Like are those people that really like your Instagram posts, are those the people that are there for you in your life that are going to be by your side through everything? Or is that just another like on a social media post that doesn't mean anything? Like if you can authentically be true to yourself, like that is going to be what you take away in your life. Like, it's not going to be the, whatever, how many likes you got on an Instagram post from, you know, when it's 2060 and you're looking back at 2022, like what, what does that matter? Like, is that really going to matter in your life? Or are you going to have all these memories with people around the world and authentically to inside yourself that have made you the person that you are today? Like that's going to be the most important thing. And I want everybody to just realize that do the things that are going to make you authentically you and be genuine to yourself and make you feel a certain type of way and not worry about you know relying on that external you know gratification from other people because that external gratification and you know whatever you get from anybody else is just in the end it doesn't matter doesn't mean a single thing unless you are doing what's going to make you happy and not what's going to make you look like you're super happy to everybody else.
0: A thousand percent. That's so true. Before we wrap on today's episode, I wanted to ask a few more questions as try rapid fire as much as possible and have a bit more fun before we go. Awesome. Top three countries you're most excited to travel to in Europe that you haven't been to next.
1: Ooh, that's a good question. Um, In Europe specifically?
0: In Europe specifically for this one, yes.
1: In Europe specifically, I really want to go to... I want to go to Sweden really badly. Um, Belgium is right on the border of Netherlands, so I'm actually really excited. I really want to go to Belgium and Norway. I really, really want to go to Norway. They have such a beautiful landscape there, like, oh, and hiking and everything. I really want to go to Norway. Yeah.
0: If you were to learn... Three other languages, aside from English, and not have the ability to learn any other language, what would be the three languages that you would learn?
1: Oh, that's a good question. Um, Bengali is one of them. Spanish. And, oh, I don't even know. I would love to go, honestly, Scratch. I don't care if anybody else would know it. I would love to go and learn, go down to the Philippines and learn, like, a native language from a small little, like, area that people speak. Like, to learn something that is, again, like, dying out would be, I think, the most, like, the coolest thing in the world. To be able to learn a very small language, like, rather than a big language that everybody knows, like, that'd be great, too. I would love to learn all the languages in the world if I could, but to be able to know a small native language to somebody... And a little village or something in the Philippines would be unreal to me.
0: Five, in no particular order, five most underrated countries that you want to travel to when you get the chance next anywhere and can, out, outside of Europe.
1: Outside of Europe. Yeah. Uh, Sri Lanka. Really want to go to Sri Lanka. Um, Somewhere, I'm not sure... Where exactly, but South is central Africa, not necessarily South Africa, but somewhere in central Africa um don't know what country exactly yet that I feel like is very underrated that I would want to go to there um Kazakhstan <laughs> uh Tuvalu, of course that's that one's on my bucket list. is that four that's four and Oh my God, I have a list on my phone and I'm like, where is my phone right now? I literally have my list. Oh, where's my other country? All right, pull it out, I pull it out. All of my countries here.
0: Damn. It, 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 oh, so, Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe, oh.
1: Zimbabwe uh, Kyrgyzstan, Nepal, Norway, Tuvalu, Sri Lanka. I would say those ones.
0: Damn. Oh my God. I, I love you said Kyrgyzstan because there's literally a guy, one one of the guys I stayed with in a hostel when I went to the Azores, he went to Kyrgyzstan after Portugal. And I was like, dude, I've heard so many great things about Central Asia. Like even for myself, like Kazakhstan or Tajikistan, those two I think would be incredible. Just, I mean, even Uzbekistan or Kyrgyzstan doesn't matter. Like, But Central Asia, I feel, is so underrated. And it's like, oh my God, I just want to go there so badly.
1: It just, it looks so beautiful. Like it's just oh it looks unreal like a uh, I don't know it, it's just the mountains there too are so beautiful and very underrated like you said like just not a lot of people you hear say oh <laughs> I want to go to Kyrgyzstan like that's but that's at the top of my list for sure and I really want to go to Nepal that's another place that I want to go to
0: yeah Nepal would be that 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 Sri Lanka too that that would be I've heard it's a huge banger it's so so low-key that not a lot of people not a lot of people are put on Sri Lanka
1: No, I had some, like, I I was talking to my friend the other day and I was like, because I think they kind of asked me the same question. Like, where would you want to go? I was like, Sri Lanka. They're like, why why do you want to go to Sri Lanka? And I was like, well, why don't you want to go to Sri Lanka? I was like, you don't, well, you don't hear a lot of people say, hey, I want to go to Sri Lanka. Like, that's a place on my bucket list. Like, but if you look at it, like, it's beautiful there. And I would, again, meeting people from a place that not a lot of people put on their bucket list to go to would be amazing, right?
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's. Because like most people would say, oh, I want to go to the Maldives. Why? Because I see the thousand dollar USD a night, um, private huts, like, great. You know, you can also go to, uh, Tahiti or you can go to French Polynesia and go there too. same thing. Like, how can you tell the difference? But when you go to Sri Lanka, it's like, you are genuinely embraced in a culture that not a lot of people give a second thought to, unfortunately, or when you go to Kyrgyzstan, like you're you're hanging out in a rural village. Like you are just like, right. You understand rural living. And even there's a, there's a video on YouTube that, that made, that really made me feel so inspired Um, by this. These guys created a YouTube channel called spaghetti road, just for this series of videos where they bought a Peugeot, which is like a, a French car, like just a shitty match matchbox. Yeah. <laughs> and they drove it from Copenhagen all the way to the West China border. And it took them, wow. like, whatever, I don't know, like, a week. And they went through, like, all these places in Europe. They went through, like, Kyrgyzstan. They went to – where Where else did they go? Uh Yeah, and they went through – they had to, like, veer around Turkmenistan because, obviously, the that's, like, the North Korea of Central Asia, like, super yeah, hard visa yeah. and stuff. But, like, just seeing stuff like that, and obviously people are like, bro, that's not comfortable. You're shoestringing it. You're camping. You're eating that's cucumbers. But thing. it's, like
1: – That is the best thing. Like, the spontaneous ability to just go and do whatever without a plan is, like – Literally what I live off of, like, I would drop everything. If I wasn't going to Europe right now, I would drop everything, sell everything that I own and go backpack for, like, however long. And, oh, I want to go to this country. Okay, I'll plan to go to that country. Oh, I want to go to this little country. I'm going to go to that little country. Like, that is the best type of travel. Like, just getting up and going and doing what you want to (laughs) do.
0: What would be the three places you would recommend people to travel to the most that you have been to yourself outside like you've traveled to?
1: I would definitely Morocco would be number one. That was such an incredible experience traveling there like un unreal culturally like just like it's ex, really expanded everything that I've learned um I really like Czech Republic. I went there um years ago, but my family history. My grandma is uh, from Czech, when Czech, Czech Republic and Slovakia were Czechoslovakia. So she was from Czechoslovakia. So that to me was so cool to be able to go and see a place where, you know, my family background and culture is from. And it was absolutely beautiful and incredible. And a third, I would say, I love Switzerland. I know that's a very, it's a very more touristy almost place when you think about it, but... Nice. The sea, I'm a big mountain person, and I think that is so beautiful. It's, and again, it's such an expensive place to travel to, though. Like, it, it is yeah. unfortunately one of those places. But when you see the landscape and the beauty of that place, like, it's absolutely incredible. Those are three places that I have loved, loved being at.
0: Well, it's uh, I, I know we could probably go on for several more hours, but it's been amazing being able to chat with you, Adriana. I'm I'm really excited that we were able to to you know connect and and have this great conversation because I think that it is uh, it really speaks to not only my soul, but I know a lot of people out there who who yearn for this kind of adventurous lifestyle and and not necessarily being confined to owning a bunch of things and being anchored. In North America, you know, on the couch, so it's uh, it's always a, I, I greatly appreciate being able to to share this time with you today.
1: Yes, thank you so much. I'm so glad it was awesome to be here today and talk about that.